Elaine, you don't like the movie? I hate it! I want to rent a movie. I want to rent a movie. What's that for? You work in a video store. I work in a shitty video store. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. Money now and a lot more when I get in that office. I can take that to the bank. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the Black Bank. I treated you like a son! You fucking stabbed me in the heart! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck! Master, number three managed to get the gold, but he just sent up a signal. Right. I'll check what the problem is. And then, I'll avenge you. Don't worry. These men are all gonna die. Threaten her with a bomb. No, I said I didn't have a bomb. You said bomb. I said it's not like I have a bomb. You said bomb on an airplane. What's wrong with saying bomb on an airplane? You can't say bomb. Okay, here we go. Hey, welcome to Not The Bomb Podcast, the Breaking Bread edition. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, I can't do this for the intro. My God, I can't even keep a straight face while I'm trying to do count uh, the count from Sesame Street. Um, one, one, two, two three. three. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> What's the blah, blah, blah? That's the Transylvania movie, right? The Hotel Transylvania. Okay. So if you haven't figured it out, um, we're going to talk a Dracula movie because uh, Jose, Sammy, and I are on this little year experiment to find the worst movies that we can torture Brad with. And I got to be honest, from here on out, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there. A lot of times when you do these podcasts, people are like, oh, I've never seen that film and I want to participate and stuff like that. The movies... From from here till the end of the year for breaking Brad, I I'm going to strongly encourage you encourage you not to watch at all. Um, if you do so, we are wow. not responsible for um, any of your sanity uh, afterwards. I, I think that's fair, right, Sammy? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, and, and Sammy and Jose know what the next one is. Brad doesn't, but I mean, just, just between the one we're going to talk about tonight and the next one, you know, I, I just want to say this for the record. I don't think knowing behind the scenes and not being Brad is a good thing in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just as painful. Jose will throw something out and I'm like, Oh God, please. No, let's not do that one. God, please. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a painful, um, text thread this week, trying to decide what September was going to be. And then we pulled the contract out and said, well, Brad agreed to 12 episodes. We had to miss one in July. So we're going to make up with it in September. But you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about that later. Tonight, we are talking about the Dario Gentos Dracula 3D. Ah, ah, ah. How was that one? That was good? 
That was better. Okay. Two guests are here. Two. <laughs> Two. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, I got to know, Jose, I know you have the whole 3D setup, and this film's from 2012. Did, did you watch this thing in 3D? I did watch it in 3D, and I wish I had not. <laughs> okay. Yikes. <laughs> I have so many questions for you. Um, so as normal, we are going to ask uh, Brad his opinion, ask him lots of questions on his experience of this film. Before we get into that, uh, I, I just I, I want to call out, this is a movie directed by Dario Argento, uh, one of my favorite directors, um, up to a certain point in a filmography. Apparently. Yes, but Brad absolutely uh, hates all things Dario. Is that is that true, Brad? Hate is a strong word. I I don't mm, he's just not he does doesn't do it for me. Yeah. And after and after this movie, I'm I'm thinking I might be on the right side of history. Ooh. Um is there anything oh. in his filmography that you like or um like I think Deep Red is fine. Yeah. Okay. Deep Red. Hard, is... I, deep Red and then Hard Stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen Hard Stop yet. That does sound like an Argento film, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mario Argento's Hard, hard Stop. stop. Uh, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'd watch that. Wait, you, you don't you don't like Creepers. You don't like um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, um, Suspiria. Tina Bray, Suspiria? None of those gotcha? No. Nope. <laughs> so over our 15 plus year relationship, I've made Brad watch two Dario Argento films for the podcast. When when we did movie matchup, we did a pretentious edition and I oh. made <laughs> I made him um watch kind of the I don't know if you would call it a sequel to Suspiria, but it was it was the next film that would come in the Three Mothers trilogy, Inferno, and he absolutely hated that one. And then for this oh. podcast, we we did do Tenebrae, and I don't think he was a fan of that one either. So this this makes number three. Um, at some point, we'll get through them all, Brad. Don't worry. I can't wait. Uh, I, I <laughs> just want to ask um, you, Jose, are, where where do you land on Dario as a director? Well, I think I think like you, obviously the the Argento classics. Um, I love even some of some of the late cycle, late cycle, meaning like 90s Stendhal, Stendhal syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I always say opera, which I guess is how they pronounce it, but it's opera. Yeah. Um, but trauma, some of those other things, yuck. But I mean, I like Argento. I think he's he's a uh, he's a pillar of Italian cinema. OK, <laughs> Sammy and Giallo Giallo. You, you guys have covered some Argento. Um, we're- yeah, yeah, yeah. Will's the bigger Argento fan of the two of us. Right. But I don't dislike Argento. I, I, I do at times think he's overrated. I will say that. Um, but I enjoy that that early run. Four Flies on Gray Velvet, Bird on, Bird on Bird and Crystal Plumage, Deep Red. What's after that? There's another one after that. Um, Suspiria is it Suspiria? Up, that? Uh, maybe uh, Suspiria is where he kind of lost me a little bit. It's the most Argento of Argentoness. That's true. Yeah. Cat and, of Nine Tails. And, and look, yeah, Cat of Nine Tails. I like that one. We did that one. We covered mm-hmm. that one as well. Me and Todd did. The I like, or no, maybe me and Will did. I can't remember. Anyway, I I like Argento up to a point, but 
when he goes full Argento, he can sometimes lose me. And he started to do really Suspiria is when he becomes the Argento that um, people either love or hate, I think. That's fair. And, and and I will be the first to say I love pretty much everything up to the mid 90s. And then yep. that's after that, it it's kind of like defending Jackie Chan's filmography in the late 2000s. Yeah, I did like Mother of Tears a little bit, though. I didn't think that was is that was that it was called that, that yeah, third Mother of Tears. That was the third it, one. I mean, it was bonkers and it was not great, but it was somewhat OK. So let me get this straight. Yeah. You're going to tell me a director whose half of his films are not any good. You're going to say he's a good director. I'm going to say he's an amazing director. I'm going to I'm going to say Argento is one of the most influential directors from the 70s and 80s when it comes to the horror genre, hands down. And I love it. I love all of his stuff, specifically from the 70s, the 80s, even the early 90s. I would champion that stuff all day long. It's fantastic. I mean, you could argue that Hitler had a uh, very big uh, oh my influence God. on history. Oh, 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 uh, oh my uh, God. Doesn't uh, make him good. Look, look he is, look, I... I think wow. Argento is very talented, and I think Sammy. But half of his films are terrible. We talk about no. this all the time. Talk about directors I mean, who maybe, have more, maybe more than half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the creativity gets diluted as they get older, as they get budgets. Well, um, he, I still think really, he's a good filmmaker. He gets really he gets Scott's lazy still making films in the, while he's eighty. Yeah. So well, yeah, those are not that yeah. great. I mean, I mean, Brad. Last duel is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Brad is not. He's not wrong completely. Here. He's not. He's not right either. But go ahead. <laughs> he's he's kind of like Argento's filmography. It's kind of like you know this and yeah. this and. But it is true that he. I I do agree. He is very influential. Again, up to a point, and then he just becomes this almost like a facsimile of himself. If that, is that's the right word? I don't even know. That might be too big a word. I've had. I only had one beer. What's wrong with me? Oh. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I. There's just something. Look. I, I, I've often said on our show that I believe Brian De Palma was seeing Argento films. I believe that uh, Hitchcock was quite the fan of Argento because of some of the stuff he does. He does one thing incredibly, incredibly well, and this is why I think he gets my appreciation. He really can design set pieces for violence. Yes. 100%. He does that very, very well. And and, and I would add to that. and the shock effects, yeah. Yeah, I, look, I think... I, I don't think, think he's a master for the record on my side. He's not a master. It's okay to be <laughs> wrong. But um, there, there's a point where in his filmography, I don't know if he just kind of gives up or wants to, you know, just doesn't care, is cashing a paycheck, whatever you see it. But when you, when you take a step back and look at a, some of these directors and actors, it is rare to have a Ridley Scott, in my opinion, that will consistently – challenge themselves and put out great product, et cetera. I think part yeah. of the problem is Argento doesn't challenge himself at all after a certain time period. And I like that term that he becomes a facsimile of himself because he's just, yeah. he's putting out the same stuff and, and he's just relying on that versus trying to do something different. Yeah. I, you know, you bring up a good point, but up until the last five years though, I would totally agree with you that, but we got these guys now in their eighties making films, Paul Schrader, uh, Clint Eastwood. Paul, Clint Eastwood's what ninety. Paul Verhoeven. I don't know. I can't remember the last time a great Clint Eastwood film was made, though. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Clint Eastwood's a good example. Like after Grand Torino, seriously. Uh, and even that I, one's quite flawed. Yeah, 
I like the mule. I liked Trouble with the Curve. I how old is Cronenberg? Isn't Cronenberg like eighty? Cronenberg's yeah. in his eighties. He's still making great films. Paul Verhoeven's still making great films. Ridley Scott's still making great. So up until recently, Troy, I would totally agree with you. But I always want to champion this because you know, there's these guys now, and I don't know if it's the if it's just the culture of films we're living in right now, but these guys that are what is that octogenarian? Yeah, these guys, these octogenarians have come around and been like, back away, kids. Let me show you. How <laughs> done. And, I, I, and I'm the, glad they've done that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree that. with that. But the the number, the sheer number of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of directors that are in that camp in comparison to all the directors, which even have more films to their name. It's night and day. It's it's almost like taking those directors out and go, well, it's almost like some directors know when to step away and stop making films. I agree. And hey, wah, look, I, in my opinion, if Argento was just going to be turning out the same stuff, he should have stepped away. But I would say the same thing about Jackie Chan, too. At some mm. point, we don't need to be doing these Netflix movies with John Cena. Let's let's stop. Oh, yeah. oh. So speaking of bad CGI, <laughs> speaking yes. of bad CGI. Let's well, talk about I, a movie that I haven't seen. I haven't seen that film yet, but if it if it can be, has worse CGI than this film, <laughs> man, it's close. Yeah, it's close. But let's Yikes. let's get into Dracula 3D from 2012, directed by Dario Argento. Um, I I'm just gonna throw it over to you, Brad, real quick, and let's let's just hear what you think about this little two hour. Um, retelling of a classic tale, which has been told like four thousand times. A, a little, a little background on my watching of this. Uh, Nate stayed at my house for about five days, and on Saturday, my kids went to a birthday party. And so, when you have the house to yourself, you and Nate got naked and watched Dracula. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, yeah. So we watched Dracula naked, uh, right? Yeah. Middle, middle of the afternoon, naked. like God intended. Yeah. Yep. Uh, naked as a jaybird. Yep. I got uh, it. And uh, I think I let out the biggest sigh of my entire life, probably like 45 seconds into this film. Um, and <laughs> it never got it. So the, the scene that got me and where I knew I was in trouble, I mean, besides the very second one of this film is, one of our, our our main characters who you think is like going to be the main character that we follow, um, but he ends up being a nobody, Jonathan, um, basically gets off a train. Mm-hmm. And it is clearly a CGI train. I don't know what he got. That was not a train. I think he, yeah. he stepped off some cardboard that they yes. put CGI on top of to hide that it was yeah. cardboard. Yeah. And it's green at that time. Yep. Uh, and then you cut to a little wider shots and magically that train is now brown and uh, yeah. with yeah, fake he's flies. Talking to, There's fake and flies. The flies are yeah. flying around and yeah. clearly CGI. Yeah. I think so, that, was, that was a choice. Well, yeah, I think that's part of the 3D thing. Like the <laughs> bugs are. So that was my first question. Like they are breaking all the rules of what we know about vampires in Dracula. What with trains? No, like Dracula travels with bats, not bugs. What does this have to do with trains? No, I'm just saying, like he's they they, like don't follow any of the rules when it comes to vampires. Okay, I'm you lost me with this train sequence. The train thing's over. Okay, okay. we (laughs) the train has 
departed the sky. We're talking about the flies now. It was never really there anyway, Troy, because it was fake. I, I know. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can let that train go. Yeah, it was so bad. Uh, but like this film just doesn't adhere to any of the things that uh, we know about vampires. Like, of course it does. There's garlic everywhere, even garlic he comes, bullets. He comes into like their little meeting and just comes in. We know that vampires can't do that. They have to be let in. You have to invite the vampire in. They just can't waltz into any uh, well, place they want to. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This film's going to get into a logical debate, and uh, and I don't know that this film warrants this. He turns into a goddamn pragmatist. That's all I want to say. Okay, that that scene was amazing. But was it was was were there elements that were closer to because if I remember correctly, like as an example, in the original Dracula novel, turns into a goddamn praying fucking mantis. It but he 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 had okay. Go ahead. I think it was art. I think that was artistic license with the fact that like okay, Dracula you can't say take- artist. You cannot use the word artist- artistic well, license listen, in this film. Okay, I was going I somewhere. We gotta go back where Brad uses the word adhere. I don't think you can use the adhesiveness <laughs> of anything as logic for this movie. All no, I was but- trying to say with my original point is I think in the in the original novel of Dracula, um, sunlight doesn't affect him, but it, it, the sunlight Does thing not. doesn't come to the movies, right? No. Okay. Right. So not I, until the movies, and then he can he can turn into like a mist. He can turn into a wolves. bat. He can turn into a wolf. Yep. Right. Praying mantis. So I think there was some artistic license that some yeah. of the like nastier insects. I, I, I think there's a chapter on a praying mantis in in the original Dracula. Yeah. No. Let me get my tomb out. Oh, I'll was have to, uh, blow the dust off of it first? It, <laughs> did Did Bram Stoker have it where we should have Plan Nine from Outer Space fucking music playing in the background? Well, hold, wait, 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 wait. So I know the credits say music by Claudio Simonetti. There was um, no music. They ripped it off from like a haunted house. It, that it's, is play it's night actually, from Adam's music. It's actually the spooky sounds of Halloween CD that you can find at any <laughs> Spirit two. Halloween. Not volume, even volume two. One. It's volume. It's two. volume two. You can find an aisle four of Spirit Halloween. Um, you know another problem or with or man. five below. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, yeah, true. You yeah, probably five find it five below right now. Where the uh, the other problem with the praying mantis scene, and this is the problem I have because this movie made me think this it's movie. a goddamn PlayStation game. It, well, it looks like that, <laughs> but I think the praying mantis bites the guy's head off. But then when we see the guy later, his head's still on. Mm-hmm. But only the females bite the heads off, not the males. Well, but so, it's well, a it's a Dracula, it's a vampire praying mantis. No, vampire pra- vampire very- praying mantises act differently than praying mantises. You know, this mantis needed a cape. If that would have happened, that would have been okay. That would have been kind of okay. It had wings. No, those are also. I don't think it. I don't think it took his head off. I think it stabbed him with the with the pincer. I I don't remember his head being eaten off. Pincer, yes. Okay, Okay. and and so and so this movie is terrible. But you would expect like some level of competency from a director who has been making films for, I don't know, almost six decades, and you don't get it here. Um, not even close. And the fact that he's like, Hey daughter, Asia, you're going to get in this bath. Asia, Asia. Sorry. Yeah. And you're going to show off your tits. Yeah. Well, that, so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's they, the problem part of Argento. Let's be honest. History of that. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. they're, they're 
they're they're good they're good pincers. I mean, the other girl, the other girl, Tanja or whatever her name is, much better. Oh man, those are, those are definitely nice. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it, let, I love how you go from the train to the praying mantis. So that that leads to me boobies. to believe that you question some of the special effects in this film. Oh yeah, the the CGI. Uh, uh, I mean, I've put together better PowerPoint presentations than this film <laughs> production value. To be perfectly honest with you. Okay, I, I yeah, Brad, Brad is correct. I think we've seen better CG on like sci-fi movies like Piranaconda and Sharknado. <laughs> so I, I have a list, and I, I want to see if we can we can figure this out. We've we've talked about two sequences, but and yeah. and yeah, and you say and. they tease me with Rucker Howard, and he's in it for the last thirty-five minutes of this film. Yeah, and he you appears give me Rucker to Howard, be. You better not tease me and give me a third act Rucker Howard. No, sir. Yeah. Well, there should also we'll, be an we'll enthusiastic Rutger Hauer. He yeah, seemed yeah. like he was doped up or something uh, or just. I was going to wait and talk about this a little bit more on my side, and I still will. But even not caring potentially Rutger Hauer is, has so much more charisma than anybody else in this cast. Mm. It's yeah. kind of unbelievable. Sorry, Troy. I interrupted you, but no, I just remembered about Rutger Hauer. That's, I mean, these episodes are a shit show anyway. So um, I, I just I want to know what what. In, in everybody's opinion, is the worst CGI. So I, I have some nominations here. Okay. Um, we've got the train sequence with flies, right? Pretty bad. Yeah. We have the opening title sequence, which is, <laughs> I, I understand why you sighed. We, um, we followed up with a CGI spider, or I think it's a spider. I don't know what it was. Um, CGI wall crawling outside the castle. Um, uh, that wasn't that, that, that was, bad. That, yeah. Because well, it, it was that, dark. Yeah. Well, it might be the only scene in the whole movie that's dark, that which is another problem I have with the movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But that was also like one of those almost so bad and kind of cheesy. It was kind of good moments. Okay. All right. The wall. I they had that. the floodlights on in this movie the whole time. <laughs> they did. It was so bright. Um, the entire time. We we get a CGI wolf transformation. Um, uh, I, little, yeah. A little bit less good than like american werewolf in london like a little bit less less good you mean really? paris? a little or, or paris yes or both either one or <laughs> any werewolf yeah, did Lindsay were, lohan yeah. do a werewolf movie she she did no that was she just did, real but... life <laughs> oh come on come on okay. you, to do a ghoul. you you talked about this <laughs> she just had a ghoul baby okay well, stop. oh my god um the cgi Baby's Damien. The CGI swarm of flies that burst in. CGI owl. That was in the beginning. The oh, owl. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the owl. owl. Yeah, I don't think the the flies, I don't think they're bad because I think that's about as, as, about as good as the CGI gets in this movie, really. How did it look in 3D, Jose? Did you feel like you were being swarmed by flies? Um, No. And I think that... <laughs> I, I think... Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so... When you film in 3D, you need an enormous amount of light. Or budget. And so I think the 2D yeah. oh, version, unfortunately, okay. that's why it looks so friggin' bright is because. You're right. So you I know, forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. And so, but but the 3D is, it's bad. It's. Okay. Um, oh, the home, the home really 3D hoping. experience is terrible. The one CGI I think that, that did kind of rock was when he's like, this meat is mine or, or whatever he says. <laughs> And he pushes, he does like the, the Jedi Dracula thing and the CGI Tanya goes flying. I actually thought that was not bad in terms of, uh, 
So we have CGI Raggedy Doll. So much. This this part rocked. What are you talking about? <laughs> I agree, I mean, Jose. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, there was one sequence that I really, really did like, and I oh, wish Jesus. the rest of the movie had that sort of like craziness with it. Uh, but please. it's a scene where he comes in on, and I don't think he came in uninvited because remember he had a deal with the with the higher ups in this village that they were going to feed him sacrifices and whatnot. So I think he was invited there because he had to discuss being fed. But anyway, the scene where he goes in and rips up everybody's throat and attacks them. I thought that was a really good scene with really good gore practical effects. And I wish the rest of the film had a little bit of that glee and menace and and sort of tongue. I will agree. Yeah. I will agree with you. uh, If, if on our show, if I had to pick, well, there's so many breaks I couldn't pick a make, but that is probably the best scene. It the is the only Argento-esque well, scene because of the bullet that you see go through the bottom of the mouth to the top. Yeah, but that, that, that's a cool idea. But he the kinda, slowest bullet in the entire world. Yeah, that, that, that's a cool idea. Unfortunately, he kind of he messes know, it up. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of farts that one out. So I, I want to bring up this one. What's this movie? <laughs> um, yeah, Brad said he sighed. I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you fucking you farted, man. That's what you did, <laughs> we've we've got a CGI Lucy on fire, which that didn't even look like fire. Um, CGI vampire turns it to dust twice. The mantis, which we've talked about, and then we end on a CGI cloud that turns into a wolf cloud or something. So out, out of all of those amazing effects, which one is the worst? Do you think my, my vote is the Lucy on fire that looked ridiculous. Like it didn't even look like somebody was on fire. It looked like it, it didn't even look like a bad sixties version of Johnny storm from the fantastic four. It it was terrible. So for me, when it comes to bad CGI, I'm a much, I'm very forgiving with bad CGI. So all that stuff is terrible that we talked about. Yeah. But I think for me, always with CGI, the thing, if there's anything that takes me out of a film, it's CGI sets. And when they are so clearly CGI sets. So I have to go back to the train, the green yet yeah. <laughs> train. Because don't watch Hidden moment. Strike. Yeah. Do not My watch God. Hidden Strike. The, yeah. That, Hidden that Strike moment, that moment. I mean, this movie looks pretty rough from the get go. Yes, it has some nudity. Uh, it has a little bit of gore. It has some stuff going on. Uh, the most well-lit woods you'll ever see. It's got all that kind of stuff happening. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm in, I'll, I'll ride this out. You know, I've seen worse, which I have, but for whatever reason, that train, that was the moment when I was like, oh, it's going to be this kind of movie. <laughs> that was the moment when I was like, I know what I'm in for now. And now I'm going to struggle. Because those things take me out. I don't know. Some people, it's action. Some people, it's monsters. I can buy that stuff because I loved all the big rubber monsters, men in suits, and and bad stop motion that I grew up with. I can buy all that stuff. Even the praying mantis, as ridiculous as it is, at least it's a and and it, it's it's terrible. But at least it was a swing. At least it was like you know I'm gonna try something different. I, so I, there's some appreciation of that there. But man, that train set, and not only that, they go back to it. Yeah. And that makes it even worse. They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like they were like, we back to that. <laughs> what's your vote? We Jose? spent the money for the one scene. We might as well use it again. But yeah, we we we've all texted about this before about my how I despised Spy Kids too because it was literally the entire movie was literally like that train sequence, just an entire film set around that. Um, and the thing is, is they shot I think in Budapest, so there was these beautiful 
kind of like stark, like actual um, sets or places that they're in. And it's just so jarring to go back to like the CGI or the badly lit library the and the bad effects and all of that. It's, oh, um, you, you know what, really, you know, if, if your movie's struggling, you need to put a book cataloging montage in because that really, that, that amps the excitement. When I mean, you say, you say badly lit library and in my head, I'm thinking that's actually a pretty good library for reading because it's very well lit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can Them see candles all the are pushing, yeah. you know, as somebody who's doing research on a new type of TV, which us three know, us four know about. You're talking about Ooh, lumens. lumens? Oh, yeah, those, those, those candles. 40,000 lumens? Yeah, those candles are pushing some lumens, bro. Yeah, I agree. Barry Lyndon wishes he wasn't living like this. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is rolling over in his grave. He's like, yeah. how could I not get that kind of light out of candles? I have to agree with Sammy. The train just sets the bar so low. I, and it, it, you just kind of know, like, well, we're in for an app. If you don't care that at one point in time you're green, your train is green, and then it's clearly brown when you go to the wide. I, the, I you are underselling this fire sequence where it looks like somebody just took a yellow <laughs> crayon and 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 that, wrote on the like colored the print yellow and went, "That's fire." Yeah, it's that's, terrible. I mean, yeah. It's, it's bad. It's it, terrible. You're not wrong. I, I, and I would say it's probably the second worst effect. Uh, okay. All right, I'll take I'll second give, place. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, this—that's th- not saying a lot. I mean, this movie's full of bad special effects. Uh, so I think it's yeah. He's an amazing that, director. He is. So Brad, I was just about to say that he is amazing. Director. It's shocking that I've said that we've said he's a great director, and then you watch this, and there's there's no artistry. It's almost like the camera is just locked down from one angle in People every single fucking scene. People need to eat. Okay. People need to eat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much the film cost. I know you seven guys million, seven okay. million dollars. It looks, okay, yeah. it, it it looks like it's about a million dollars. Yeah, I think the Lindsay Lohan werewolf movie costs more, and that was entirely CG. Okay, yeah, I I don't I, I for me when a director look, I've never I always say this. I always feel like I have to qualify this. I've never directed a film. I, I don't know what a film directed by me would look like. Well, not a professional oh. film. You've directed films, just not ones we were gonna show, right? Oh yeah. uh correct. Oh, those, yeah, okay. But those, those are on hard drives. Right. But the the the, the, <laughs> the got those from the Starfish drawing class. The uh Oh my god. <laughs> the when when a director that we love uh, or that we have a fondness for um, falters. It is, it is, it's painful. It's painful for us as film fans, right? Oh yeah. Um, I don't, I don't love Argento as much as Troy. I would say of the four of us, Troy is clearly the, the uh, I don't know, fanboy, so to speak. See. Si. Uh, and then maybe Jose comes a close second, and then I probably come third, and then Brad is clearly, <laughs> clearly in last place here. <laughs> but. I, I can appreciate Argento quite a bit, and I have seen him do some great stuff with camera work and lighting and set pieces. His films aren't always great. They always don't make sense, but that's the very Italianness of that era of filmmaking. To see this film, if you don't know, this is directed by Ario, Dario Ario Argento, Dario Argento, <laughs> and nobody told you, you would never guess this is directed by Dario Argento. Not, maybe with Aja in it, you would guess that. But if she's not in it either, you can't tell me. There's nothing. Maybe one scene I can think of where the camera feels like it's moving. It is so like 
Basic. middle like it's just middle distance with so little variety and so like it's clearly on a tripod and we're not moving this camera at all uh-huh. i watched this movie on tubi and it is the definition of a tubi free to watch movie yeah i watched it on a 3d blu-ray in 2d and uh it's way too clear <laughs> like it just that's the way it was on tubi i was i was yeah. blown away i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like i can see everything now, when the women were nude, I didn't care because I'm a male and that's just what it is. But there's nothing, there's just not enough rip roaring. Also, I, I just got to say, Thomas, Tom, is it Thomas Kretschmann? Yeah. I like him. I do. I like him more. I thought, first, when we talked about this the last time we were all together, I think I thought it was the other guy that was on, or yeah, I don't know if he was on True Blood or whatever that show was. Anyway. Oh, you think he looks like Alexander Skarsgård? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. But I like him a lot. There's another actor I'm thinking of that I don't like that's an Englishman, but Crushman I kind of do like. But, man, his Dracula, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that his Dracula was so much more boring and uninteresting than Nicolas Cage being cast as Dracula, I would have said you're insane. There's no way a Nicolas Cage Dracula movie would be any good. But as you, as you know, I was on Watch Get Plus. I love Renfield. I love Nicolas Cage's Dracula. He gave it something. Freshman yeah. gives Dracula nothing here. He gives it melatonin. That's what he gives it. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is. Uh, it's a miracle dead. his Dracula can survive because he is made of wood. Oh, <laughs> that the famous line, the children of the night line. Oh, my God. Uh, Don't it, even. It is so freaking terrible. The delivery is terrible. Uh, I agree. A hundred percent. It's just, it's just one of those things where when this was announced and Rutger Hauer was attached and we'll talk about Rutger here in a second. Um, it's just one of those things where I thought to myself, you know, Coppola tackled Dracula and he did something with it. It kind of revitalized him a little bit. He, you know, to each their own, some like it, some hate it, some, he got a think crazy it's performance out of one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. But at least he went on a writer, right? Movie. Is that are you yeah. talking about Winona Ryder? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Gary okay, Oldman. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, Gary Oldman, of course. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sadie Frost getting raped by a Wolfman. The uh oh. the yeah. You'll never unsee that, correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it could have been a mantis. If you'd have told me that could <laughs> oh, have been okay. a mantis, mantis would have been, have been amazing. Shit. That's Holy that's shit. how you make that movie better. <laughs> if you'd have told me though that uh, Argento. Well, I mean, I read this in the trades. Argento is going to make Dracula, but at the time, I'd already seen some late cycle Argento films, and I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be awful." But man, if if Dario Argento of 1971 makes Dracula, I think we're talking about a totally different film. Absolutely, yeah. I yeah. think the problem is, is that, and I, I I don't know if this is the case because he seems like he cares uh, about film and stuff, but it just seems like the last four or five things he's done. It's just kind of like he's not even trying anymore. That's what it feels like to me. I'm, you know, I, again, I've never directed a film, so I can't, I can't say. But it just, you know, the last thing I saw him in that I really liked was him in a Gaspar Noé film, where he was really good in that film, and he's an actor in that. And I, and I, remember hey, I, I don't disagree. I, even Dark Glasses is okay. But I never finished it. I got about third way through it. I, 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 yeah, but I, I feel like, and and I would probably be the same way if you've been if you've been directing horror films, and nothing interests you. Like when when you read about Argento in his early years, 
and even see interviews with him. There's an enthusiasm. Is is Argento in, is it uh, Vortex? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vortex. Yeah, sorry. I just I was trying to think of it in my mind. I need the confirmation. Yep. Thank you. He's, he's continue, Troy. Okay. But um when when you see him in his early stuff, there's there's a level of enthusiasm. But if you ever read or see him on his later stuff, it does feel like he's going through the motions. So I have to imagine maybe the acting interests him and challenges him, which gives a good performance because it's like, oh, this is different. I want to do this. But the stuff that he's directing up to after a certain point, it's like, ah, fine, I'll do it because I gotta gotta pay the mortgage. Gotta but, get my daughter in here so she can show her titties. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we might want to write that down on the psychological eval for yeah, Brad. Yeah, I've already uh, marked it. Brad's uh, Brad's got some issues tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. It's a really it's just really complicated for me when these titans of cinema and again he's not a major titan for me but i mean i do appreciate his work it just is really sad to me when these guys deteriorate yeah but it, it just, takes somebody like quentin tarantino's and i'm not saying anything but brad so brad settle yeah. oh what oh, else well, i was gonna give a compliment he look he looked like one of argento's nipples there for a second <laughs> he did he, he perked up there <laughs> perked up kind of it yeah when my best friend is giving me a sensual bath. And Troy was pouring water over his shoulder, and he's yeah. like, Whoa. Wait, we don't do that for friends? We don't do that for friends? Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't mean, do that. I, I'm Troy, not. Troy, yeah, I was going to say, see, it's, that's that's part of our routine when I he mean, visits. I can't, I, it's hard for me to get, like, my lower back, so I need help. Yeah. Got to put, gotta put a cloth in the tub. Wait a minute, Jose. You've, you've never given Brad or Sammy a, a sponge bath? No. Oh, Okay. Mm. The next time you're up, guys. There's always next time. Yeah. <laughs> There's always next time. Um, always no, I, anyways, Quentin Tarantino, I, he's always talked about he's got so many movies in him and then he's done, right? You got to respect yeah, that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he comes, I mean, he's 10 years older than He us. doesn't want to Argento his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He's a verb now. Awesome. Argento. Um, he, he's 10 years older than us. And I've always liked. I appreciate Tarantino's thoughts, you know, the 10 yeah. years and 10 films. I mean, and you know, you, I understand where he's coming from. I don't think it holds any real water because I think there are people who make more than 10 films and sometimes make their great films when they get older, but oh, I, I agree. But I think it comes down to like, does somebody know? Where- I will agree with the energy though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been some crazy, like I said earlier, octogenarian uh, great films made lately, but um, that's not been the norm for the most part in Tarantino's generation. I mean, filmmakers deteriorate. They, the they energy do. goes, yeah, they do the, the, uh, it just, it just goes, there's, there's no other way to put it. I mean, you can name just about any filmmaker Coppola. I mean, look at that energy in the seventies and then watch it dissipate. Yeah. I, I do have to say before we talk about Rudger Hour, cause we, we keep delaying that. I got to ask Brad about Aja Argento, um, and her as an actress. What, what did you think about her in this film? She's terrible. Okay, could you elaborate? Terrible, I mean, like, what, do you mean, you mean like terrible or just like... Uh, you know that wooden stake that they're killing vampires with? Yes. More charisma than her. Okay. But with boobs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I like the other yeah. girl better, so... Um, She's secondary boobs. So th- this poses the question, could... B-level uh, B in this movie, apparently. <laughs> could Aja ever act? D-level? Uh, I mean... Ooh. This is a this is a good question, Troy. This yeah, is, could uh, she, could she ever? Because I'm watching this film, 
and I will agree with Brad. She's uh, the horses are more charismatic in this film than everybody, to be quite honest. But watching so, watching her on screen, I, I start to ask myself: Could could she ever act to begin with? I'm a little. She has a she has a partic- particular style. She is oh, gorgeous. Please tell me what style that is. Well, so the the problem with her style is that a lot of her performances do come off as very cold, very matter of fact. The line delivery is very blunt. I don't know if that's because of Italian culture or how she was raised, but her a lot of her performances are like that. She's not a warm Julia Roberts type. She's not she doesn't like I said, it's it's a weird, there's a weird coldness or indifference to a lot of her performances. So who is um, cold but, and indifferent that actually comes off as they can act? Is that an Aubrey Plaza kind of thing? Or like a Julianne Moore in some, time, in some respects. Um, some roles that Julianne Moore has, who I think, who I happen to think is a, one of these generations, one of this generation's greatest actresses, people aren't they don't warm up to some of her roles sometimes because of uh the the mm. intensity with which she's playing the characters so do they not warm up to her roles because of the nature of the character or because she's just a shitty actress well Julianne Moore is not a shitty actress uh, but, I agree but uh I I don't know I've seen some Asia Argento that I did not mind that I thought was good Scarlet Diva Terrible. Um, Stendhal syndrome to an extent. She's terrible in that. Um, I actually oh. really liked her in Triple X. She's terrible in that. And if you say <laughs> Land of the Dead, she's really terrible in that. And I liked her in Land of the Dead, actually. Uh, the Church? I think Land of the As Dead child, is also underrated. Terrible child amazing, actor. <laughs> had an amazing corporate. Well, don't forget about Dark Glasses. I have terrible. A, uh, yeah. I have, a, <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory. Uh, one, nepotism. Yeah, but she two, wouldn't. Work at all. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And and she is a striking looking lady. Um, not conventionally pretty, I don't think. Um, it looks a lot like her dad, which is always a little <laughs> bit disturbing. But the there is something hot. about I mean, oh, well, no, no, no. no. I'm actually sorry. Awesome. If she looks like her dad, I guess I would find her hot. <laughs> Brad said she was a city. She'd be El Paso. That's that's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> that's oh, I, I've adopted that phrase now. If in she my, were a city, she's head. El Paso. I love it. It will be repeated. For me, she'd be Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, my thoughts on her are really... This sounds so shallow, but this is what she is to me. She is, she personifies on screen as an adult actress. I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. Uh, A sexual power. She has that, but I don't think she has anything else. She couldn't pass a screen test to save her life. Let's be honest here. Well, I mean, again, I think she's very sexy. I think she. If you're in El Paso and Pittsburgh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> look, I, she has a she has this goth chick look to her that I'm I'm sure sells in certain demographics like El Paso or Pittsburgh. But uh, universally, as an actress, let's just let's put all our cards on the table. Oh, when here. Tom DeLonge came back to Blink One Eighty Two, Aja uh, Argento was really really happy. Let me tell you that. 
<laughs> what? Forget non sequitur. Oh, oh, I, I get it. I get it now. There we go. Email. Oh, oh, got okay. If you have to explain the joke, it's keep going. No, but I, I, it's not when you, I got cut it. Cut that part yeah. out. All right, no, out. it's staining. Go ahead. Uh, action. <laughs> no, the, I, I just think for me, she there's something just kind of that I'm drawn to with her. I think she's kind of magnetic, but I don't necessarily pursue Aja Argento films. I've seen the the big Argento Arge, Aja films. I've seen the ones she's directed. I've seen the kind of Scarlet Diva. Yeah, skin flicks type films she does and stuff. And and I like that kind of stuff when I'm in the mood. You know what I'm saying? I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. But uh, <laughs> uh, <okay. But>, uh <laughs> Oh, actually, wait. Did anybody see Abel Ferrara's New Rose Hotel? She was good in that. Bee Monkey? So, so I saw B Monkey and she's, with, uh, she's okay in B Monkey. I'll give you B Monkey. Yeah, she is pretty good in New Rose Hotel, too. This, I think she can be good. I just don't think she's ever really found that. And I think she's honestly, I think she just seems like she's a stubborn kind of artist. Uh, let's she not, seems let's not use the word artist with Aja. Let's uh, nepotism, uh, I get. I, let's, I mean, if, if we can be controversial, look, in dude, the if press. we can. If we can use it for some other people, we can use it for us. I'm not saying we should use it for other people. I think we should be more reserved when we give that title out. And I don't think we should be throwing it around lightly. Kind of like calling people amazing directors. Oh, Argento yeah, was, uh. an, was an amazing director. He was an amazing director. Argento was an artist. Not I think not I think for film. Argento fans, it's 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 a prickly subject because I mean, this is a guy who it just seemed like he was unique, and he and he had a flair, and he had a style, and and I'll give you that. I mean, there was there was nobody making movies like Dajia uh, Argento <laughs> in uh, in the seventies, except Brian De Palma. But I I I think that the fans of Argento, I think they're really defensive of him, and uh, I don't know, man, his later work really. Yeah, I can't. I can't defend his later work. He needs, I, I try. Yeah, he needs to hire. He needs to hire Jose. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about Rutger Hauer, please? Okay. Yes, Brad. Yes. Let's talk about Rutger Hauer. What What are your thoughts on Rutger Hauer? Because I know he's a favorite of yours. Yeah, I mean, sadly, he is sleeping through this the last forty the last forty minutes that he's in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes a long tells time me that me. you tell me that Rutger Hauer is in your movie and you don't show me until the third act that he's in the movie. I'm so I kept waiting. I was like, wait, I'm. I'm I know he's in this movie. Where is he? Um, and sadly, he is uh, half asleep through this uh, 40 minutes that he's in it. But he is the best part, which I don't know if I've ever. Is he? Is had he the a best lower bar for anything in, in any statement well, I, I've ever made? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Brad. I think he's the best thing about the movie. Mm, he's the know. only person that like feels like he's ever been on a set before i really like those horses those horses were beautiful in the beginning Uh, he's the only actor i know who can blow on one of those self-made propane fire pits you buy for your back deck what and you know you just turn on they're like fake fire and he can blow on it and turn it into a smitty a smithy type thing and make silver bullets gar no it's not silver garlic bullets no, I think those are are those silver. There's some silver involved. No, he said at the end, he goes, "Thank God, I had enough garlic for one garlic bullet or something." 
mean, that doesn't I, make no, any wait, sense. If, if there's a garlic bullet in this movie, I hate it. Even. No, there is. There, <laughs> there is, is a garlic bullet. That's what they killed Dracula with. Is a garlic that's why, bullet. That's why the silver there, bullet, because that doesn't make any sense. But it's like oh, dipped yeah. in garlic or something. Yeah, silver bullet makes no sense, but a goddamn garlic bullet does. I, but garlic's fuck. kill like I, I don't know. Look, garlic's I do very something. rarely say this, okay? But fuck this movie. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think we might have broken Sandy in this process. Gar- garlic bullets. It was. It was a garlic bullet. They had one bullet, oh, and it was a garlic never, bullet. I never, I never killed it. What never, an amazing director! I never heard anybody say garlic bullet. I'm going back to watch it after we get done recording. Oh, don't do that! No, 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 no. But the, <laughs> the last. Hey, that's legendary like director to you. Pat. Legendary, Brad. But <laughs> Brad, Jose, back me up on this. It was a garlic bullet, right? It was. Uh, he does it, say it was in fact a now, garlic tinged bullet. Yeah, I thought it was a silver bullet, like dipped in garlic. Is kind of how I took it. I think it was. He does I, say think it was it, I took it as garlic tinged, not fully made. You can't make a. You can't make a bullet out of garlic. They made a bullet. They made a garlic bullet. They made a garlic <laughs> bullet. You can't even take a silver bullet, dip it in garlic. And do that because the garlic's going to dissipate from the silver. You can't turn into a mantis and bite a guy's head off, but they did it, Damn didn't it. they? So garlic, it's like garlic infused. Can Here, we say that? What the hell's a like garlic infused bullet? Fuck this movie. For everybody. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> this movie. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> this movie is, I'm sorry, it's trash. Yeah, well, I do agree. There, I do there, agree no, that there's no redeeming value to that. Well, I mean, there's a couple sets of redeeming value <laughs> in this movie, but there's no, there's no real redeeming value to this movie. None of us can sit. I, I don't think any of us can sit here and recommend this movie to anybody. It's not oh, even please, so bad. You're, it's you're good. Please right, tell me. Right. Please tell me that none. Of, I mean, I would not recommend this to people that I loathe. Well, uh, I I might if I really don't like so you, I might Scooter, recommend this thing. Me. <laughs> Scooter saw me. Scooter saw me watching about twenty minutes of this, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta watch this." And then I came home, and he was like, "God, that movie was terrible. Why did you buy it?" So, <laughs> yeah, I own. And I'm like, funny I you should mention it. that. Well, there's no. Again, we've often said this over and over over the years. There's no logic to our purchasing decisions. That the, right. we we clearly are insane. That that we all know that. Yeah, but uh, okay. So is, is but I would eat. Is if, this if so somebody b- borrowed this from me, I'd be like, you don't have to keep it. <laughs> keep <Yes>. it. <laughs> by by the way, I will I will just also say this. First of all, Van Helsing was a Dutchman, right? Rucker Hauer is a Dutchman. Oh, so what there the you go f- with the shut, casting. No, shut up. Listen, you're starting to and, try to put accuracy and, between the casting. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Well, and only only Dutchmen played- make garlic bullets. <laughs> And he played Van Helsing in the Dracula 2000 trilogy. So Dracula 2 and Dracula 3, Ascension and Legacy, he was Van Helsing in in those movies as well. Well, didn't he play Dracula and Buffy the Vampire Slayer? He did. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Van Helsing famous for his narcolepsy, too. So when Rucker Howard is asleep (laughs) through this whole film, it fits. The, it would have been better if he, he would have slapped him across really, the face with his garlic foreskin. Dude, it, the, the worst part. Oh, Jesus. The worst part. He of, would have done that in a Ver, Verhoeven film, I'm telling you. If Verhoeven would have done that, they this. would have done that in a 70s Argento film. I, yeah, in a of 70s Argento film, 100%. But he, he gives this line, and I it just, I've never rolled my eyes harder to the point where I think I go to the eye doctor now. He has this line, <laughs> and he goes, I'm nothing but a out of tune chord in a divine symphony. And I'm yes. Like, Shut 
the fuck up. I think that's my favorite Shut Fallout up. Boy song. That, that, Maybe that was an ad lib from Argento. Uh, was you think? Oh boy. Okay. Maybe that's part of Tom DeLonge's uh, catalog. <laughs> <laughs> legendary director. Legendary. He was a legendary director. He just something <laughs> happened. I look. You remember, you know I mean, that? I, I'm thankful he didn't end his career on this film. Yes. Because what a what a way that to go out. I mean, Dark Glasses. If that ends up being the last one, that that one's not. I mean, I haven't seen it all. I don't think it's terrible, though. Hmm. Uh, it, it feels it wow. feels like a made-for-TV giallo. I mean, it's it's very tame. Can I it ask looks everyone like a soap a, opera? Yeah, can I ask oh, everyone yeah, yeah, a question? Yeah. Can I ask everyone hmm. a question? Sure, Brad. How, yes. how, how many times did it take you to get through? How, how many how many times did it take you to get through this film? It's Sammy's, Sammy's holding got, up the fingers. We're on a podcast, fingers. Sammy. You got to say the number. Quattro. Okay. I'm embarrassed. Three. To say it. Okay. I'm embarrassed to say four times. I watched the first twenty minutes three of those four times. Oh. It took me three. It took me three times to start it and finally finish it. Yeah. Maybe you, I got through the first half an hour, mm-hmm. and then I watched about twenty minutes at a time after that. So it, I was about four or five. Oh, Uno. Again, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I don't, would I, you agree that Argento was a legendary director? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> okay. By the way, if y'all if y'all are gonna throw stones at Ozzy Argento for being a terrible actress, how about that fucker that played Jonathan Harker? Awful, <laughs> awful. And I don't know. I mean, what? <laughs> I didn't understand a thing. Oh, you yes, John- can, uh- <laughs> Jonathan Harker. Appa- apparently, is he's a Spanish actor. He's had a ton of credits, but he is absolutely awful in this film. He is. Who he's so isn't bad. absolutely? And he also, he also owns the pen with a cap, and I'm pretty sure there were no pens with caps at this era. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, that's ballpoint it, it was quills and yeah, quills yeah, and fuck this guy. Stabbing and can't ankles, walk around yeah. with a goddamn pilot pen in the 17th century. Well, His job is to inventory books. Yeah, yes. he can't even do that well. And we got a book he montage. Read, he stops to read the work. He's sampling his own stuff. He's you, you don't do that, man. You don't make your own hamburgers at McDonald's. Don't get high in your own supply. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't know how that translates to cataloging books. <laughs> that 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 makes no sense whatsoever. He's still stuck on the train. <laughs> oh, the train. All I, all, yeah, I don't. all I could think of the whole time was more Miss Tanya. Oh, no. <laughs> but listen, even in, even in the beginning, when you're supposed to get this sultry like scene of like the, the girl and the guy in the barn, it is the most awkward sex scene where you're, you're like, looking at that and you're going, well, this would even pass Cinemax muster. It's it's quite he's terrible. He's banging her thigh. He impregnates yeah. her yeah. thigh. Yeah. I thought he was banging up. like the floor because his pelvis was nowhere near her thigh. Yeah. And I nice think, butt, by the way. So you guys you guys got her. Tanya's boobs. I got yeah. the villagers, but I am offended, uh, Jose. I I think we've all proven that we can appreciate a butt as much as the boobs. I mean, that was a that was a smooth butt. It I was. Mean, I'll give I, it was a good butt. I did Bad like wig. it was a nice a butt. butt. Yeah. <laughs> Bad wig. Same in my, my solo album. Bad wig, smooth butts. Bad wig. Not like wig. Coming November of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Our single Tanya's pair. <laughs> Jeez. 
second single, Aja's Pair. <laughs> um, it's not even worth seeing those uh, things for the two hours. Two hours. This movie's almost two hours. Which is amazing. Yeah, this movie, this movie was rough, man. I mean, it was really rough. I, I knew I was in trouble. After the second time, I couldn't get past the first 30 minutes. I was like, I'm I'm in trouble here. This is this is a bad movie. I powered through in one setting. I just had to get it out. I mean, I've watched some yeah. truly awful films in my lifetime. Um, but this one's just boring. Like, it's yeah, that, really that's other, boring. That's the other thing. I mean, there's a story here. It's the Dracula story. I followed the story. I, I know what they did. I admired some of the choices, as bizarre as they were. Um, so it's a movie. It's just uh, not. A, it's just not. It? it is. It's just not yeah. a good movie at all. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's junk. It has a it has a beginning and an end. And it's, I don't. I don't know that I've ever known of a filmmaker, and I, I hold Deep Red in very high esteem as a as an as an example of a great giallo film. I, I do too. I think it's one of the best. I don't if know the if there is a greater divide. I'm trying to think for a filmmaker from Deep Red to Dracula 3D. I don't know if there is a greater divide. Um, I actually would concur with that. If if you're talking about the highs of a director to the lows, I yes. don't think there is a bigger gap in a filmography than Dario Argento's that that is I mean that is a Jesus I mean, yeah that because is even other huge. directors where I think they stumble etc they take the part we talked about De Palma De Palma has highs and lows but the lows are never to the point where you're like oh my god this this person should have never gotten behind a camera and directed anything but you watch this film and you go Dario you you, you should have quit a while ago so yeah, I I think that's accurate. I um, mean, I, I, that that uh, I think we've I mean, stunned everybody in the silence. <laughs> to me, if you got this on your filmography, you you, you can't be called legendary. Like you, you just can, can't. Brad, come on, you can be. You can <laughs> be. Yeah, I mean, I think you can be because I think you know there there's some filmmakers who have made masterpieces and they never recaptured that so I, I i think it i mean i can't think of anybody off the top of my head of course because i'm an idiot but uh there's definitely like, okay like sorry this is gonna be like a really bad analogy but like that's like saying you know that lehman brothers was a really good investment bank it's like well no they weren't because in 2008 oh. they collapsed and they almost broke everyone so dario argento is the lehman brothers of directors there, oh, I said it. Wow. I don't care how long I don't care how long he's been making it. A fine insult. Him. I, I I think all the bankers that um are listening just blew a load off that, of that analogy. That I mean, they, got, they, got, they got really excited. <laughs> um Although what, I I will say this, I did see De Palma's recent um crime thriller Domino, and it is a shadow of some of the other films that he's put out, but you're right. I mean, even something like femme fatale, which was not very well received, even by people that love De Palma, people have come back around to it, but they were even saying then with femme fatale, he's become a facsimile of himself, but you're right, Sammy. I don't think it, the divide is not quite like this. I'm sure but. somebody, I'm sure one of your listeners or somebody who listens to one of our podcasts, I'm sure they probably got a better example, but off the top of my head, I really cannot think of somebody who made, I mean, arguably the best Giallo film. One of the best Giallo films. For me, one of the top five best Giallo films. Yeah. And made arguably one of the worst five Dracula films. True. 
Yeah, and I've I seen some bad Dracula films. I mean, Dracula versus Billy the Kid is a bad Dracula film. It's quite terrible. But it is. I didn't even know that existed. That's John awful. Carpenter's Vampires is a hundred times better than this, and that's oh. not even that great. Of well, it's a movie. got James Wood. It's man. also really problematic, but I like that movie. Well, <laughs> the movie is uh, it's a little problematic now, but it's from 1998, Dr- it's bound Dracula versus Billy the Kid is Dracula versus Billy the Kids is a junk movie. It's just yeah. a junk uh, drive-in movie, but it's entertaining for what it is. True. Uh, yeah. Much more watchable than this. I'll never watch this again. If there's any, if there's any example of me not liking your movie, personally, I'll never watch this again. Not you know, even with a commentary. Track, I, I, I find this fascinating through this whole journey so far. We've got BC Butcher for Jose, um, Ooh, which that movie is like the Magnificent Ambersons compared to this. I, I agree. <laughs> we, we've got Dracula 3D for you. Someone's student film. Better than legendary director. Dario <laughs> ah. <laughs> Brad is going to have this joke. We're uh, never, we're never going to convince Brad. We're never going to con- convince Brad. Not twice, after so this. we'll just keep watching. That's fine. I don't care. I don't care classics. what Brad thinks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think it's interesting that through this, we've, we found um, at least for you two, the thing that you're that probably broke you. I, I don't know, Brad. Is did this break you down? Were you just like I, I'm done? I with guess this the experiment? question is: it, out of all the ones we've done, is this the worst one? Do you want to know the new? The oh new yeah, rankings? let's. Where's the new ranking? Uh, ooh, the new rankings. <clears throat> so we'll start from least breakable to most break breakable. Well, yeah, that broke me. Okay, go ahead. So seven seven is probably like the one I like the most. Just think of it in like descending, order. like with quotations Diet. around it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I think For Your Height Only is actually kind of a fun movie. It's I, a masterpiece. Like, Let's yeah. be honest here. It's legendary uh, in the martial arts world. Incredibly rewatchable. Am I right? Yeah, yeah I yes. agree. Oh, yeah. Very. Laquisha is next. Still, oh. to this day, shocks me. Yep. Followed and by the... Rewatchable. I'll say that one's rewatchable. Uh, agreed, yeah. Ginger Dead Man. Rewatchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Apple, not rewatchable for me. Sorry. Totally rewatchable. I would totally rewatch that. Gay totally over here and happy. <laughs> uh, BC Butcher, not rewatchable. Rewatchable. I would watch that again with Sammy. I, yep. w- I would definitely watch it again with Troy. We had a fucking. Blast. Oh my God. It was amazing. <laughs> That's that was not fun. fair. Okay. Uh, from Justin to Kelly. Never. Absolutely watchable. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> Never. <laughs> ever. That, that, I love that movie that, that so one, that much. One, that one's a tough one for me. Yeah. And the film that broke Brad the most so far, Dracula 3D Ooh. from oh legendary director Dario Argento. <laughs> Second only to from Justin to Kelly. Wow. Damn. Well, I'd rather watch wow. from Justin to Kelly than Dracula 3D. Would, would you guys change happens. that ranking at all in any of those? <laughs> what? I so from from Brad's perspective, I actually kind of I kind of agree with the rankings in terms of quality, but I don't get to I won't watch it again till Justin to Kelly. Like I, I agree I agree with your rankings, Brad. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty they're pretty good. They're pretty solid. Yeah, I, I, the only one that really throws I I like BC Butcher more than Brad and Jose did. I did too. I I actually you have guys a, watched it together. That's yeah, I think maybe maybe we did have a little bit of a. So that that brings a point. Is is this a film? Is Dracula 3D a film that if the four of us were in a room no. and we put it on, could could <laughs> us being together save that viewing experience? 
experience. No, because I, th- I think. Yes, we- yes, it could. It could save it. Well, I mean, I think it could save it. First of all, I'm not testing that out, by the way. I just want yeah. you to know that yes. so. our, our time together is too precious to waste on that. Okay. That is a very good point. Yes. But we I, I feel like this is the kind of movie where you get four friends together who love movies. And then they sit around and just go, oh, this is just, oh, man, what happened? This yeah. is just, oh, Brad, you really need to see Deep Red again. <laughs> what happened to the legendary director, Dario Gento? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's just a bad movie. Yeah. And there's just no way around it. I mean, it's, you know, and I, I am not, I am not the kind of film fan that poo-poos on films. I really am not that. I mean, I'll find justification in just about anything. Yeah. Me too. There's nothing here. Uh, There's some stuff here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, One of us likes it a little bit. I, really, a Jose? Little. You put he it in the sort of. He likes a scene. He likes a scene. Well, I, I like, like a scene. scene. I like the same scene, but it's still not still not that good. Okay. I was also really confused about the Renfield character and where they went with him. It was odd. Renfield, super odd. Oh, and the so, yeah. dude with the super awkward when he found out Miss Tanya was dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, and he like shriveled up on the floor. It was so weird. <laughs> was it weird in comparison to what else was going on in this film or yeah, just like, par yes, for the course? I don't know. It, 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 it stands Someone out. turns into a goddamn praying mantis. <laughs> <laughs> it's the count. I, count mantis. <laughs> so, um, Brad, I'm, I'm, I'm in filling out the questionnaire this week. I, I think you're broken. So here's this, the thing. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I knew it all along. I knew what was going to happen. We're, we, oh, we're going to break Brad. We're going to break Brad. No, we're going to break ourselves. And Brad is going to all of us. That's what's going to really exactly. happen. Well, um, let's talk about the next experiment. So as as I said at the beginning of this, folks, from, from Dracula 3D on through the rest of the year, Oof. do not play along. Just don't. Okay? But... I don't know if it can get worse than this for the record. I'm telling you right now, the next one is, um, and we've searched long and hard, uh, to, to bring the next let's it's, it's really comes down to, um, let's see two in September, one in October, one in November, one in December. So we got five Mm. films left and Brad, I'm just going to be honest with you. I love you. I love you to death, but we have a goal here. And the goal is to just make your life miserable. So I love the word fuck so much. So if I get to say that over the next five episodes, I'm good with it. But Jesus I, I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia about the next breaking bad film. Okay. You ready? It's Brad, Brad, breaking, Sorry, Brad, break, breaking, copyright. Brad. There you go. Breaking Brad film. <laughs> Director Fentian paid a service to translate the original Chinese written script to English. She did not ask for any help to translate it, causing the dialogue to sound weird. Actors would offer notes to make the dialogue sound more natural, but Tian refused to let them change a single word. That's your first oh. piece of trivia. It's the Phantom Menace. The second one. <laughs> the Phantom Menace would win Best Screenplay at the Academy Awards compared to this. But the movie was shot around 2006 and 2007, but could not get released until 2011. The film's editor refuses to list this on his resume out of fear of ruining his reputation for the much higher quality of work he does now. Wow. Yeah. Steven Kramer Glickman 
the voice of Alvin Flang, a character in the film, a furry character in the film, was not paid a single cent for his work on this movie. Director Fentian had no money and instead compensated him with a bag of homemade wontons and two cantaloupes. Mm. Yeah. Is the, that how Hollywood works? Well, the, <laughs> I the, saw four cantaloupes in our film this week. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the version released on some DVD copies have a music score. Other DVD copy, copies do not. The nice. version released on Amazon Prime Video and Tubi TV removes all of the music. No official contracts were made between the director and the composer. To avoid any copyright issues, all the music was omitted from any of the streaming versions. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Now, here's this movie. Here is the plot of our next experiment. Love takes a furry twist in this slice of romantic comedy. A young woman falls for a stray dog with a secret. By night, it becomes a man. Follow the journey of the golden retriever and the friend who gives him a home. We're talking about 2011's romantic, quote unquote, comedy, Love on a Leash. I am so in. Now. This is amazing. Here's the I thing. Can't wait. We, we were going back and forth all week on this, and I sent uh, Sammy and Jose the trailer for this thing. A lot of research went into this, Brad. I just sent you the trailer. Um, I am telling you right now, this one, um, and if you haven't figured out, the theme for September is romantic comedies, because uh, I know how much you <laughs> love those. So you're going to get two of them, but this is the first one on deck. Oh, man. And uh, you just watched that trailer, sir, and uh, I'm telling you, you're, you're in for a treat. Now, love on a leash. Okay. Love on a leash. Uh, he's he's a dog by day, a man by night, and and she falls in love with him. And there's there's some scenes there. Um, mm. I I'm going to give credit where credit is due. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. On there's the going week. to be a lot to talk about. There's a there's a film group in Baltimore called Mondo Baltimore, and the first Thursday of every month, and and they've done things at the Parkway Cinema too. Okay, so they've been around for a while. But the first um, Thursday of every month in Baltimore, they do an event at the Autobar. And they pick the worst films ever. And they have a, <laughs> they have a host and everything else. And you get to watch them in a bar uh, and with, with collective um, minds. This is where I discovered this film. And it's not a long film. It's it's just over an hour, actually. Um, how do I watch? Is it on YouTube or something? Like, how do it, I watch? The full version's on YouTube. It's actually on Tubi TV as well. Okay. I, I have the DVD coming. If you want to buy the DVD, you can get it on eBay. And But it's a roll of the dice whether or not it has a soundtrack. Yeah. Tubi one doesn't have a soundtrack, but uh, Tubi don't care. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I had seen this at Mondo Baltimore with a, a good friend, um, Justin, not Justin from your podcast, Jose. Not Justin the Red. Not Justin the Red. Not so the Red. We, we watched this film, and all of a sudden, the it gets to a part. It stops. The lights come up. And I'm like, that was that, that felt like the longest movie I'd ever seen. And Justin and I are like, there, there's not enough beer. Then our host come up, and he's like, intermission. And I audibly were like, fucking intermission? It's not over? He's like, oh, no, no, no. We still have like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, but I can't it, wait. This is going to be fun. It is... 
truly something to behold in terms of and i don't know if you've you've watched the trailer yet brad but uh no i'm trying to pay attention to our podcast okay that's fine um but yeah that's that's our next next experiment love on a leash and and folks do not play along i'm just i'm warning you you can eat a bag of dicks troy this thing <laughs> cost twenty dollars on ebay it did yeah um I'm just going to watch YouTube. Usually I like to have a copy of our films, but no, sir. That's all right. I got my copies on its way. I, I like you that much. I bought a physical copy as a remembrance token that we. Although we, I'm going to, I'm going to say play along because really that makes it even more fun. And you'll have context for what we are talking about. Your, if you don't play along or you haven't seen the movie, you, you don't like I would just watch I, the trailer. Who's watch the trailer. Us, you, you'll get it from the trailer. You don't have to watch the movie. I would encourage them to watch Dracula 3D. What just the once. hell is wrong with you? <laughs> no. Uh, there you go. I mean, you're, not, like it. you're not recommending a film from legendary director Dario Argento. <laughs> I, mean, I said they could watch it once, right? This, this director was in the Joy Luck Club and also directed a video about Bad Baby with Ty Dollar Sign in it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's uh, Amazon picked it up in 2011. That's the only way it saw light of day. And uh, oh boy, done. yeah. They and if you go to, tax, tax break or something, yeah. If you go to IMDb, yeah. there's even more trivia you can find out about it. It holds an eight out of ten on IMDb because there was sort of a prank going around about um, a podcast or YouTuber said you need this movie so terrible, but let's go to IMDb and give it a ten out of ten and, and boost it. Boost it. Mm, yes, Troy. Wow. Yeah. It does hold an eight out of ten. I'm looking at it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the IMDb. It says it's an hour and a half. Yeah. I thought you said it was just over an hour. Um, I I I thought it was less than an hour and a half. Oh uh, boy. Oh, you're right. It's an hour and a half. I'm sorry. <laughs> even, even, yeah. even the person that does the research doesn't know what he's doing. Ninety this minutes. It's <laughs> ninety minutes. Excuse me. It is ninety <laughs> this, minutes. This can't go well. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to feel I like, like five line, hours. Love at first bark. Love at first bark. Yeah. There is an alternate tagline, though, that that was it, the tagline goes the world's best trick. And I think they quickly jettisoned that. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be doing tricks at night with a dog. Man you know, a dog, thing. Right. Yeah. Speak for, speak for yourself. Um, so there we go. There's uh, another experiment in the can. Uh, Sammy, let's start with Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. You've had a busy week. You want to talk uh, about some of the, the the latest episodes in the special event you guys just did? Yeah, yeah, we just uh, we just got done talking about uh, Drugstore Cowboy this past week. Uh, Gus Van Sant, so we wanted to get a Gus Van Sant film on the show. Uh, uh, we had never done one. Uh, we've been thinking about that kind of stuff lately, where there's certain directors we've never tackled. So we kind of got some stuff on there. We had done Spielberg before. We did Spielberg the week before. We had done Spielberg once before with Sugarland Express, but. Mm -hmm. It was still interesting to do AI, and that episode's gotten a lot of listens, which I, I kind of figured it would. Um, it's kind of become a bit of a, it's weird. It's kind of a Spielberg cult film at this point. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. But yes, so uh, just the other night, I sat down with a good friend, uh, Steven Scarlatta, and talked about his documentary, uh, Shark Exploitation, which is on Shudder. Um, oh, cool. It was a great conversation. Steve's a dear friend and uh, one, of, one of the best friends I've made out of the podcasting world. He also has a podcast called Best Movies Never Made, which I highly recommend. It's also a great listen. Um, he, he's, he's a gentleman to the T and one of the best guys I've met in doing all this. Not to say anything bad about you guys. You know that. You guys, I love you. But Steve, is he's one of us. He's one of, he's one of the guys. 
He just lives way far away. <laughs> so <laughs> he lives on the West Coast. But uh he's yeah. he's a true he's a true uh GGTM seer and and I mean, he loves talk about a guy that can give you some out of left field movies. He's he's one of those guys. So that's awesome. Please please check out the interview. We talked about everything. We talked about life. We talked about sharks. We talked about deep water. We talked about everything. Love what it. about the infinite scope of of water? It's we didn't really. How the ocean is infinite. The, the, like, infi- the look. The ocean looks infinite. Okay. <laughs> unlike space. Unlike space, which has the dots, and uh, I'm not going through this again with you guys. The Jose, dots. happy anniversary. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, Happy anniversary. One year, uh, a bunch of episodes. You celebrated with Sammy's son doing Blue Beetle. Yes. Um, That was that was fantastic. And and a wonderful odd bit of uh, uh, almost a kismet or a Magnolia type event, because what we reviewed involved people from 8711 Action Design, who was behind Bullet Train, the first film we reviewed. And then Landon was our first guest on episode two and then he was our guest on blue beetle so just a lot came together it was wonderful yeah which is awesome because he watched pray with brad at brad's house with me yeah well uh, and yeah. we were also so it's all connected yeah, it's all connected and his voice is uh like 11 octaves lower now um so which i noticed so oh i know i tried to get him to speak up because he'll mumble and uh, stuff, but you know, he's going <laughs> to, then you're afraid he, he's going to beat you up. Like, yeah, he's he's going yeah, to have a deep voice. There's no way around that. I love it. No, he's seriously. a giant. I, I think our next episode, we are, uh, red and I are checking out Gran Turismo, uh, directed by Neil Blomkamp. I think his, mm-hmm. his last name is, um, and unfortunately, like Oppenheimer, I'm not really excited about seeing it, but I was very surprised by Oppenheimer and I loved it a lot. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? But. You've had you've had to like watch two vampire movies you didn't like because you didn't like the um, the vampire movie that's in the theaters now, right? The last, uh, last voyage, of- voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. The Demeter. Yeah. No, that was not. No, that's not good. Well, I hey, <laughs> I I speak for myself, not for Brad because he's mad at me right now. Um very- I am so happy that you you and Justin started that journey and started yeah. tackling these new films. And, you know, th- we listen to a lot of podcasts. I know all, all four of us do. Um, but the Watch Skip Plus stuff, I get really excited because, uh, you know, like Op- Oppenheimer, I, I listened to the first part and I'm like, well, I, I haven't watched it yet, so I'll stop. And then I go watch um, the film in the theater and then I come back to get to the spoiler part. And um, you and Justin do an amazing job. I think there's a lot of chemistry there. I love the fact um, that you guys have a fresh take on these new films. Yeah, you guys should kiss. Um, you, yeah. You guys are amazing. So congrats on on the Thank one you. year. And uh, keep keep going, man. We love it so much. Yeah. Thank you. We hope yeah. to follow in your footsteps. Both all yeah. of you. Both of you. Keep, keep inviting the, the Sammy uh, family tree onto the show. Yes. Yes. Including me. Absolutely. Love Including it. you. We'll yeah, have to get you. I, I was surprised. Uh, as I, many. Yeah, there, there was some data. Uh, d- not to That's take right. Away yeah, any, they were sharing. I, know, I was gotten really excited. You were talking about yeah. data, and I was like, oh, boy, yeah. here we go. <laughs> data. Jose gave some <laughs> Give data. Give me those hard numbers. Some of those numbers I was kind of stunned by, especially the ones that involved me. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to And then I game. thought every single 
every single plus by Justin was going to be wrestling. And it turned out it was only like 10. He ended up being the most cultured. Was that, is that how you phrased it? He's the most cultured between the two. Yeah. Because he, he went to like, he went to like theater venues and improv groups and art shows. And all I did was talk about Lindsay Lohan and belts. (laughs) Skin creams. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Brad. Oh, uh, what, what? What was yeah. the name of the town that this film was made in? Like, what was? Do you remember what the town was called? Are we talking about Dracula again? Yeah, Passborg. Passborg. Right? Passborg. Yes. More like Skipsborg, right, Jose? Hey, oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Eric, uh, I can hear Crushman saying, "Do not Passborg. Do not. Do not Passborg. Francs." Uh, <laughs> two hundred francs. What's what's going on with the regular the regular show? Not the Breaking ba- Brad stuff. I said yeah. Bad again. So we are going to do next week. Uh, by the time you hear this, we will uh, be probably close to recording two twenty twenty twos coming of age film by by actually a true legendary director oh Steven God. Spielberg in the Fablemans. Yes. Ah, we will have a guest on for that one, and I can't wait. And I told Troy to watch The Last Crusade uh, along with The Fablements because just because. Just okay. Do it. I'm going to do my best to get that done. We also got done uh, recording a podcast. We'll talk about that more in September because we're doing a little crossover event. So the podcast that we recorded with, they're going to release their episode around the same time that they're coming on our show. More on that a little bit later. We got some interesting feedback to this week on something we might participate in. Um, we'll share that on the main show. Uh, I believe my episode of the VHS files is coming out soon. Oh, that's we right. The top four intros to films or opening scenes. Sorry. Opening yeah. scenes. Cool. Yeah. So lot, lots of stuff. If you like our voices, there's chances to hear it uh, elsewhere. Um, gents. I did, add, I did add myself to a new, another episode on your spreadsheet. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. You guys are always welcome anytime. I mean, I feel like this is is more of like a a four person show, and the episodes when you guys aren't there, it's just. I'm waiting to see what these biggest bombs of 2023 are going to be. They're they're you know. Uh yeah, I, honestly, All that's <laughs> that's going to be so interesting because the the list of movie bombs just gets bigger and bigger this year. It's crazy. Uh yes, yeah, and we're not done. We've, we've got a few more months that uh, could actually produce some other notable bombs. So there'll be a lot to choose from. I think I've got one in my head that I really want to talk about, but we'll, I, I, I couldn't even tell you what the other one would be. That would be my choice. There's so much to choose from. I got mine. You know, even El Cruz, his, yeah. his movie ended up being hundred million. Lost a hundred million dollars. Yeah. You would have told me if you would have told me Tom Cruise's movie lost money, I would have I would have not taken that bet all day long. I Absolutely. mean, that that, that blew yeah. my mind. Yep. Well, that, that, actually, that's been the biggest surprise of the whole bunch for me. I, I think so. There's there's actually a, a lot of surprises and things that performed very well that I probably thought would have done mediocre. Um, so it, it's I'll tell you what when we get to the end of the year, I think it's be a really interesting conversation. I would love I, I we haven't we haven't done this in a while, or at least we didn't do it last year, sort of a best of the year. But I think when, when the year finishes, all four of us should kind of get back together and really talk about 2023 as a whole, because this has been one of the most interesting years in film that I can remember. But I also think we're at that pivotal point where the, 
the ability to watch movies and the and the viewing experience, we're we're just seeing a shift and change with the writer strike and everything else. It's affecting everything. So it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting uh, yeah. next six months, I think. Something just got pushed back. Uh, Dune, uh, Dune two, Dune part two, into March next yeah. year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any chance that Marvels comes out in November. But mm. that's you know, okay. No, I, I hate to say, it, I think they're, I think they're going to release it, but I would not be surprised if they did push it. You're right. Really a shame. Oh God, what if it, Really looking forward to that one. What if, what if it went to Disney Plus? Oh, no, shit. I don't think they'll do that. But I think it goes to March. Well, if yeah. they don't have any faith in it, they'll just dump it in November and move on. Because I, I think, I think the consensus now is the superhero genre is is sort of a loss at this point. I just don't think they can, PR wise, take another like, oh, Disney loses another hundred and fifty million on another film. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Shareholders are not liking it, Troy. I know. I know. I I don't have any Disney stock, so I'm okay. They can they can fall to the wayside. Uh, I think that's it, folks. I don't know if you are listening in the morning, afternoon, or evening. Thanks for playing along on this special episode of Breaking Brad. We truly broke him. It sounds like we broke Sammy, too. Come back next week. Hear our thoughts on the 2011 romantic comedy, Love on a Leash. And let's see if this is the one that Brad just gives up. I, I got a feeling this this is going to do it. Um, if it doesn't, we got one right around the corner in September that's really going to seal the deal because Jose, I got to give credit to Jose. He came up with a brilliant second pick for, for September. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, boy, did he. Yeah, he did. Man, <laughs> didn't even know this thing existed. And uh, Oh, I did, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, more on that soon. We'll check you later. Don't lose your head. Yeah. I'll beat your 200 flocks. Ah, ah, ah.